After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun year. I don't... Why am I bleeding? What the... Sorry, I just noticed, like, I have, what like, a, a legit cut. Like, this is... What? Things have escalated quickly. Oh, my God, it's yeah. on your shirt, you sicko. I don't okay. know. Okay, <laughs> just stop. Now I'm worried. I talk about Monty and I start bleeding. Is he, like, a <laughs> superhuman? What is happening? Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. The pocket that you know. You know, last year when we did this roundtable, right before the season started. Okay. We were all amped up, I think excited, but like I don't think we realized what was ahead of us. I don't know. I don't no think No one would did. have thought of it. And because we did this last year with King's Film Room, a.k.a. Skyler and Drew, a.k.a. that local guy, we're like, we have to do this again. It was so fun last year. And last year at this time, we knew them, but we didn't know them. Yeah. And now I feel like they're just... Well, now that we know them, it, like, I kind of, like, why are we having them on? You know, now that we really know them, <laughs> what do you, you mean? know? I what, mean, is, what is that supposed to mean? Drew is kind of like, <laughs> like Skyler. I, I, under- no, I understand. I completely understand. <laughs> Um, super excited to have you guys, man. Um, are you how excited are you guys for the season? Oh man, after last year, yeah, pretty pretty excited. And and you know, there's a real chance that I know we'll get into it, but there's a real chance that this team may not have as good a record and 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 may have a lower seed, but it's still going to be a lot of fun because we know here in Sacramento, if this team's even just remotely competitive. That building's going to be sold out every single night, and the whole team is going to—I mean, the whole city's going to be talking about the team. So, yeah, pretty excited for another fun season of Kings basketball. Skyler, yeah, it's easily the most excited I've ever been for a season for the Kings. 
Uh, I'm not Drew. You know, uh, Drew's seen it all. 45, divorce, couple marriages. <laughs> I'm only 24. I, I haven't seen the Kings be good since uh, I was about six. Don't exactly remember that. So by far the most excited I've ever been. Wait, it sounds like then, so I, I, I think this is easy to say, like we all have higher expectations, right? But like, Skylar, the way that you're you're putting that, I feel like you're excited because you feel like we are, not only are are there expectations, but you do you feel like they're going to meet those expectations that you're you're putting out there maybe? I would hope so. I mean, it's going to be tough. I think everyone kind of understands the West is pretty ridiculous, but I have high expectations for the Kings. I think they can meet it, and I don't see a reason why they can't at least replicate what they did last season. You know, last year going into the season, I remember Drew said he th- thought the offense could be a top five offense. He did. He was wrong. He was dead wrong. It was the number one offense of yeah, NBA you're history. An idiot. So <laughs> be better with yeah. your predictions. You know, you know, t- there were people in the comments yeah. making a lot of fun of us. Yep. For I talking remember that. about the offense being <laughs> even close to the top five. And it's it's hilarious. Uh, Skylar actually sent me the screenshot the other day. It was, I think, in the middle of the season, he went back to that comment on his YouTube account, and he replied to that person and asked them, update? <laughs> love that. I love that. Oh, you petty I, son of a bitch. I think we all <laughs> imagine that this offense is going to be pretty good. Um, the thing I'm most curious about is kind of what you guys saw in the preseason, because they really didn't put all their offense out there in the preseason. Kind of similar to last year in a way, but we know what they love to run. Dribble handoffs, pin downs, all, all the stuff that worked for them last year. But we also saw during that playoff run against the Warriors that the Warriors did a great job limiting them. So Brown's talked about making some changes to the offense. Have you guys noticed some slight changes, some subtle changes during the preseason? Um, Some. They have a, one of their favorite sets during the preseason is one where they will run a, a dribble handoff uh, guard to guard or guard to wing, and then they'll plant a post player. You mostly saw it with Domas out there. Uh, you know, at around the free throw line extended area. And as whoever's receiving that handoff in the deep corner comes off of it, they pitch it immediately without taking a dribble to Domas. And then they'll run another they'll run another DHO off of Domas as well. And then they'll immediately take that that pass. Or if they don't hand that ball off to, to uh, or if Domas doesn't hand that ball back off to the guy who receives the, the original handoff, that guy's just going to run off of Domas's hip and go all the way to the other side of the floor and set a pin down and they run zoom action to the other side. That's an interesting wrinkle. And I think Deuce, you asked a great question. I think it was either media day or like one of the first practices of the year where you asked coach Brown, what are you going to change with the offense? And this is why we love having coach Brown as our coach so much, because he, he will answer every question that you ask way beyond the surface level with detail, even if you don't ask for it. Right. And he was explaining that, Hey, we made these adjustments in the playoffs, we took the dribble handoffs away from the deep corners and we started running them from half court. I think that action that I was just talking about is an action that is one of those adjustments where, okay, if we're running a dribble handoff from the deep corner and that guy's either being top locked or he's being locked and trailed really tight, this is how we can beat it. We can just immediately alleviate pressure from the corner by just passing the ball back to Domas, which is not a bad guy to have with the ball at that area on the court, right? Because he's so good from there. And then we'll just run another DHO or we'll just either on the strong side or we'll just go to the other side and run another one. That's one wrinkle that I've seen. Um, I, I expect to see a lot more branched off of that as well. And then 
as far as, you know, just like you said, it's been really vanilla during the preseason with a lot of the offense. That's really the only set I've seen that's been drastically different than anything they've run last season. Um, they haven't run a single flex set, I don't think. I don't think I've seen a single Spain pick and roll. Um, there's going to be a lot more of that coming. Uh, it seems like a lot of their play calls and their play sets are going to remain the same. Um, and I expect it to kind of be just like last season where it starts off very, very simple. It's going to be, you know, they're running their three or four main base offensive concepts. And then by December, we're going to see counter on top of counter on top of counter. It, two things really quick, because when you mentioned the the Mike Brown thing and like how if you ask the question, like he's willing to um, keep going and elaborate on what he's doing. And I that's I love that about him. He's just such a basketball person. And if you're going to ask him basketball questions, he'll go off about it. Um, but I think everything else that you're just talking about with the offense, what the last game drew, I saw you and I had that unique seat where I was like second on the scores table. So I'm like really close. And I remember when Keon Ellis was in and Mike Brown is it like Keon, Keon, come here, you know, during a free throw. And he was asking him a question about like why he didn't run here or get here on the, on just, just some certain, just an action. I don't even know what for sure they were running. And it was great because Keon was pushing back with, well, because I saw this, this, and this happen. And all that brought to my attention is that there are so many different ways to go about things and different actions within this offense. And this is just preseason. And I love that, that, that collaboration, that communication is there and that there is so much freedom to go in different places. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I, and, and I think that says a lot about Mike Brown that, you know, Keon, yes, he's an NBA player, but he's a two-way player who, who, who figures to be back and forth between Stockton a lot for him to, to feel comfortable enough to to have that dialogue with Mike Brown and to kind of, I guess in a way, challenge, you know, what he's seeing out there versus what Keon's seeing when he's actually on the floor. I think that says a lot about Mike Brown and the kind of person that he is, that these guys are willing to to have these conversations in the middle of a game when when he's the coach. He's this this is his offense, you know? A lot of a lot of coaches would be would be like, How dare you question, <laughs> you know, what what I'm telling you to do? But you know, I, I would imagine Mike probably didn't even really get upset. He was just like, okay, you know, probably probably was like, okay, well, you're out there actually running out there. I'm not going to push back too much. I think it's really cool. There's a two-way, you know, dialogue between the players and the coach like that. Skyler, of course, people know you as Sack Film Room on Twitter. And you're putting your face out there this year. You know what I'm saying? I, he's putting yeah, his face and his name it. as he should. Um, Beautiful. That, that was advice from you guys, by the way. So thank you. Well, oh. well you, I mean, you got to put yourself out there a yeah. little bit. And you, both of you guys do... Such great work. Of course, Drew jokes around a lot on social media, and then people like get upset with him sometimes. But both you guys know basketball at a very high level. And I've told you before, we learn from you. We learn from Mike Brown. It's yep. so fun. I'm curious to get your perspective on what you think this Kings offense could look like in year two, not only with a lot of the, a similar cast, but also Keegan's development, just the chemistry of those guys who played together last year, maybe the addition of JaVale McGee off the bench and pick and roll with Monk. Um, what what excites you maybe about what this Kings offense could do in year two? Well, definitely Keegan the most. I think that he flashed the most. Everything that we wanted to see out of him through summer league preseason, he's pretty much showed us that we want to see that next step, the be able to handle off the dribble and create for himself. And I think we've been seeing that 
And I think it's going to be similar with Fox. Like, Fox gets his offense. He really just calls his own number. The Kings don't really run specific sets to get Fox going. He just gets it going himself. He turns the, like, switch on to be aggressive. And with Keegan, I think it's going to be the same thing. But luckily for him, they do – a lot of their sets are uh, relying on movement shooters. And Ke- so Keegan's going to be able to get his own offense. Like last year, he got 12 points per game, really just off the gravity of Fox's bonus and playing within the offense. Now he's going to have to be a b- bit more aggressive, I think, for the – just for himself to be a 20 point per game scorer, because I don't think the Kings are going to change much, much within the offense. So it's really just on Keegan to get himself going. Do you uh, think you just said 20 points a game score? I mean, is that something you could see this year? Or are you like, all right, a couple of years from now? I don't, I don't know about this year. I think it's possible. I think that with what he's flashed, I'm extremely high on him. I know uh, Drew is too. I'm yeah. pretty sure all of us here are high on Keegan. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, I'm, I, I, it's sad. I, I get this too often when I talk about you do, the Kings. Like, hey, but I get, t- take I get it here. I got uh, some chills seeing Keegan first play mm. of the preseason drive for a dunk. And then he did it again in the preseason. He got blocked so many times last year. I, I like sometimes cringed when he was going to the basket because I'm like, oh, just, just dunk it. And now he's doing that. And I know that's just one aspect, but it just seems like his game has evolved so much. And not only... Not only with that, and this kind of adds in Sabonis that I don't know if you guys noticed that this in the preseason too, with some of their DHOs and the way that Sabonis was adding a lot more of behind the back, kind of leading them yeah. with it. And so it just it allowed that one extra step between Keegan and a defender, and for him to just curl off of it nicely, push the ball in front of him. Um, it's I don't it just seems so effortless and beautiful already. And I'm curious. If you guys are just like, okay, Keegan is going to take that leap this year, or do you think this offense is really going to be everyone again? Like we're going to see a little bit more from, I know we'll get to individual players in a little bit, but like if everyone's going to see it from Sasha, if everyone's going to see it from Colby, um, or do you think it's going to be like Keegan is a big reason why this offense, it just like takes that leap. Uh, Yeah. Keegan's going to, probably play a huge role in this offense taking a leap because like like Skyler was saying he was a big part of the offense and made a huge impact on the offense the second he started last year after the first two games right it was the third game of the season I believe it was uh or shout was out KZ Akpala that yeah, era shot KZ yeah what an era KZ walked so that Keegan Murray could run be nice <laughs> I'm not being mean both of you we're, you know we're no we're both being, of you we're, we're being really nice. Yes. Okay. Continue. Casey was important to the team. He was important to the to the vibes too. The rest of the way, even after Keegan became a starter, um, his impact as just a catch and shoot guy, you know, just a spot up shooter, was monumental. Like it had a huge impact on the offense being able to work the way that it did. Now we're seeing him put the ball on the ground, <laughs> like put the ball on the floor, get to his spots. He he had Chris Paul on him in the second Warriors preseason game because they had a cross match, Steph Curry and, and Chris Paul with guys that were bigger than them. Last season, I'm pretty sure Keegan would have just given the ball up, you know, mm-hmm. the second that he the second that he took one or two dribbles against a guy like CP3. He's tightened up the handle a little bit. It's not where I'm sure a lot of us want it to be, but he's tightened up tightened it up enough to where he can he can get to his spots a little bit better. And he had CP3 on him in around the elbow area or in the free throw line area. And he just backed him down a couple of times and turned around and hit a fadeaway. 
I mean, that's that's not something that we would have seen last season. Uh, Summer League, you know, you're talking about that little throwout dribble that he's doing a little bit more now. He was doing that in Summer League with somebody who was not DeMontis Sabonis giving him a screen assist and giving him that DHO, right? Well, now he's got the top screen assist guy in the league doing that with him in these games, along with Fox out there, along with, you know, Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, guys that are legitimate NBA players. I mean, I do think that he's going to be the biggest reason why the offense either sustains its success or even gets better. But I definitely do think that the synergy of the offense as a whole and all these parts working together, you know, the sum of the parts working together is going to be is going to be the reason why he actually takes a leap is because the guys around him are so good. Yeah, Uh, we saw what he was able to do with fringe NBA players and young draft picks in summer league, which was score 29 and then 41 points in consecutive games. Um, Now he's going to have, you know, just like Skylar said, he's going to have Fox's gravity, Domas's gravity. Um, and really the roster construction is, is is a little bit better this season. You know, you can stagger lineups, and without one of Fox or Dalmas out there with him, he can probably still make an impact. So I'm really excited to see it. And for what it's worth, I did hear he grew to 6'9", so an inch, and that what it's he worth. increased his vertical by four inches. I, I'm dead serious. So well, I don't know why you're laughing at me like that. It's just, like, so precise. Like I'm just telling you. I need some, and I, I, I need some actual I, documents okay. uh, to make okay, I'm a liar. sure that this okay, is Okay, I'm a liar. That's fine. You don't have to believe me, but look, he's dunking on people now. He is he's taking it with force. He is. And maybe he grew an inch. I don't know. He, he, I mean, he's still a tall guy. 6'8", six, 6'9", six, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. But, hey, he could shoot at size, put the ball on the floor, turn around jumpers. It's nice. It's it's all beautiful right now. And I mean, for the most part, I, mean, I love that we're saying that even after preseason, but I think something else that all of us noticed was the, the defensive intensity from certain individuals. And I think like as a team defense, that's something that still needs to like come together, get better and better as time goes on, build that chemistry. But you guys, Deer and Fox mm. getting up and guys, I mean, you talked about it last year with like his screen navigation and how he took a leap there. And it seems like it's even taking another leap this year. I don't know if you noticed that Skylar. Yeah, no, he was locked in in preseason, which I mean, I think that he was pretty locked in last year, but seeing him even engaged like this in preseason was something we've really never seen out of him. Uh, most guys i'll say most guys really didn't put like any effort defensively in preseason for the Kings, so i'm not going to overreact and say that they're going to be a bottom five defense or whatever just because they couldn't perform in preseason but with foxy i think there's a chance he could take another jump i think i agree i think there is an outside chance he could be all defensive second team if he really keeps that uh, level engaged all season I, i wouldn't bet on that but uh I think that's a possibility. Yeah, he he has the tool to do it. I don't think it's crazy. And we like Morgan was saying, we talked about this last year, and we've always looked at Fox, especially coming out of Kentucky. Like, this guy has all the makings of being a good defensive player. And I'm seeing it now. Like, his physicality, Hmm. even blowing up screens, staying attached to his man, pick and roll coverage has been better. I'm seeing those type of signs, and I'm like, okay, Juan, can he keep that up in an 82-game season when there's so much on him, too, to push the pace offensively? But I, I was really encouraged by what I saw in the preseason. Uh, yeah, Deuce, uh, you guys posted a clip from a, a film session that you did, and you focused on a clip with Fox moving laterally, and I heard a noise <laughs> from Deuce that mm. I have never yeah. heard from... <laughs> 
anybody ever before. Yeah. So yeah, I, I know I know Deuce for sure is hyped about about Fox's uh defensive upside this year and 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 just in that clip that you guys were covering alone. Yeah, I mean the 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 tools you could just see in that clip alone you know like where was like i i was asking the same question last year where was this the first five years of his career right yeah um it better late than never he, he's he he was locked in on defense this preseason um you know he's going to be so important at the point of attack uh and and i really do think that if he makes huge huge strides there the defense could i don't expect the defense to be you know even middle of the league right but um if they can just be hovering around 20 that's a vast improvement from last season and you pair that with quite possibly the best offense in the league then you you're, you're cooking there you have you have something you have the makings of a team that can really make some noise you know mike brown's mentioned that they were last in pick and roll defense last year um have you noticed any tweaks to their pick and roll coverage are you seeing anything differently besides what we just mentioned with like De'Aaron fox just being attached to his guy a little more uh, I'll say I saw them play a little bit more aggressive at points where Sasha or Domas would hedge. But overall, I don't think it's going to be much. Uh, it's just going to be matchup dependent on if they switch anything. I think I think they're still going to play at the level with Sabonis. And uh, I think it's just going to be on guys like Fox and Herder or Duarte, whoever's at the two, and, and Keegan to really just improve. I think they're just betting on internal uh, development yeah. with their guys defensively. Yeah, because you, I mean, you talk about that hedging alone. If you don't have the right second line of defense or oh, someone yeah. isn't doing what they need to do, you know, down on the block or coming over to help or just in the right spot at the right time, things can get dangerous. But I think, but I think also, like you talk about the hedging with some of these bigger guys like Domas, you know, taking away that vision from a guard or even maybe it's JaVale McGee that has to do it sometimes and then he can use his long arms in the passing lane. And I don't know, I just I just hope those things keep on developing, like you said, internally. But like, look at all of us talk about this defense and we're like, oh, can they get to 20? You know, that would, and it's, it's we true. Need a high, we need higher expectations. But, but my thing is, is... <laughs> It, do you guys think that you're going to have to see different individuals at some point in the season for that defense to actually take that leap? Or do you think it can be done internally? Uh, I think it can be done internally, me personally, because the longer you play with a particular group of people, the the it'll just be it'll just be natural. Like the, the natural yeah. internal improvement. That's just that's gonna get better, especially on defense, because well, the, now you know the tendency of the guy playing next to you who's helping one man away. You also know the tendency of the three guys playing behind you on the back line, right? And then of course you're in the same defensive system, right? Um, I I I I was never upset at the process last year on defense. I, I'll make that clear. I I thought guys were generally pretty good on their rotations. They they were usually in the right spots. Um, you know, it, it's, it's basketball. Somebody's going to make a brain fart every here and there. Right. And I think it was magnified with some guys as opposed to others on this team, but generally speaking, it was fine. You know, the Kings started off zero and four last season and the defense didn't look great. And the offense was still trying to find its footing. Right. Watching those games, I was never really upset because from what I saw on defense, it was a completely different thing from the previous, you know, 15, 16 years outside of that the beginning of the season um, in 2014-2015 when Michael Malone had them playing really good defense, right? So I, 
I think just by playing more with the same guys on the same team, you're going to get better because you're going to know who's in front of you, who's behind you, what the coach, the coaching staff wants. Um, and then just like Skyler said, it's going to be on a night to night basis. It's going to, it's going to be matchup dependent. And I mean, the, the West is going to be an absolute beast. You have, you're going to have to deal with somebody every single night, but I would expect a well-coached organized prepared team like the Kings to come out and, and, and at least not be able to just be a sieve, you know, and just play Ole defense like they did for a decade and a half. I think those days are gone. I think, I think there will be adjustments. I think that these guys are going to get a lot better, you know, just by, just by running the same stuff on defense over and over and over. I, I, I think internally the improvement is there. It's just what's the ceiling on that improvement? I don't think by much. You know, uh, Deuce, you're talking about higher expectations on defense. I mean, I don't know. I just don't see it personnel-wise with this group, it being any better than 20th. So if they do, you know, if Monty McNair does jump at a chance to bring in somebody that can be that guy who can stay on the floor, give you tons of minutes on 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 the court and play both ways, that could really, really change the complexion of this team defensively. Is that guy out there? Is he available? Don't know. Yeah. When would he make it? When would Monty even make the move? No idea. But obviously, you know, from now until February, and I think it's um, players that were just signed over the summer can get traded in December, right? So, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that we're probably going to be watching and paying attention to as far as names out there if this defense does come out and just plays horribly, like bottom five. Um, but I, I think they can be a little bit better than that. And then, you know, if they bring somebody externally in to improve the defense, you know, and if Monty McNair believes that that's the right move, we have no reason to doubt Monty. Um, but I think, generally speaking, just based on his moves this, this offseason, and really just since since the trade deadline in which he shipped off Tyrese for Domas, Monty and Wes Wilcox, they've really trusted what they've had in-house. So I wouldn't expect that to change unless there's, there's just a, an offer or a deal out there that they just can't say no to in order to improve this team. A couple of the new guys that are showing some signs that they can help defensively, Chris Duarte and his limited action has shown the ability. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. My, I mean, I think him and Colby Jones, mm. they, I think they've surprised Mike Brown a little bit. De- definitely Colby. And not that, like, we didn't see what Colby did in college. But just, is that going to translate right away into the NBA? There are some great signs during the preseason for both those guys. Um, Skyler, let's start with you. Just looking at Duarte and, and Colby Jones, how much do you think they can help this team th- this season? I'll say Duarte really surprised me a lot. I I knew that he was a active defender, but looking at Elisa's tape last year, I know he was injured and dealt with those problems all last season, so I can't really uh, judge him solely based on that. But I thought he kind of struggled a bit. But in the preseason, he looked really good to me defensively at the point of attack, especially. He still had some lapses off ball. Yeah. But he's super physical. I see why Mike Brown likes him. I mean, it's never going to be with effort with that dude. And I really believe in a shot. I mean, he came out of college as a 40, 45% three-point shooter. So I've always believed in his shot. As long as he can hit shots, he has a chance. And at this point, I don't want to overreact to preseason. I might favor him at the two spot just because I think he really raises the the defensive ceiling of that starting unit by quite a bit. Uh, With Herter, there's just way too many limitations at the point of attack. And uh, if we're going to talk about Colby Jones, you are speaking me and Drew's language. Yes, I know. You I, I know me and him. him have yeah. Me and him have been talking about him since like February. Yeah, wow. As a potential option, 
Yeah, I mean, defensively, Wait. offensively, every, everything with Colby has impressed us. I, I don't even know where to start with him. Uh, yeah. Because we keep talking about his feel for the game, but, like, I'm always curious how that's going to translate into the NBA. So you guys felt really confident right away. Yeah, Sean Miller, the coach at Xavier, I think they were one of the best half-court offense. If not, they might have been the best half-court offense in, in college basketball. And and that's that's – tough to do is to have a good half court offense in college basketball because you know, the the talent level difference between college and the NBA is is massive like at any given time in the NBA you have five guys who can play like they, they can all play they can do something right in college it's different right um that offense was humming and was one of the best offenses in the nation last season because of Colby Jones you know Colby Jones yeah and I and I've said this a million times like both on Twitter to Skyler, to a whole bunch of people, averaging five assists per game, roughly five assists per game for a point guard in college is difficult. That's a tough number to get to. Not many people average a high amount of assists per game in college because the people around you can't always knock down their shots. They're not always going to be the most talented guys, right? Colby Jones as a wing and a secondary ball handler, technically, in that Xavier offense, averaged four and a half assists per game. Wow. That's incredibly impressive for a guy that's not going to be initiating every set on offense. So we're talking off of second side actions. We're talking off of, you know, when something breaks down, give Colby the ball. He'll figure something out. You know, there were multiple times last season, both in the regular season and in their conference tournament season. And, I, you know, even a game in, in March Madness where he kind of just took over. And it wasn't just with him scoring the ball. It was him just making the right play time after time after time. And so you watch that and you think to yourself, okay, if you put him next to Domas and next to Fox, where he, he again, doesn't have to score, because he wasn't leaned on to score all that much at Xavier. You know, his teammate who actually played on the Kings Summer League roster, Soli Boom, he was probably the main scoring option for that team. Guy could fill it up. Colby was a big reason why he was putting up big numbers, though, as a scorer. So you already know that this guy doesn't need the ball in order to be successful as far as being the guy that mainly handles the ball. And then now you have Fox and you have Domas and you have more shooting around him. Oh, the possibilities would be endless. And, and, you know, Skyler, myself, and I'm gonna keep on shouting him out because he was, he was on Kobe first. I think out of anybody who I saw on Kings Twitter is Bryant West of the Kings Herald. Who does, yeah. Hell yeah. if you're not following Bryant West's draft coverage every year, what are you doing? Yeah. What Kings are you doing? He's, he's incredible. And he was talking about Colby since you know probably since, like since the new year he was like i like this guy i am intrigued and then he he fell more and more in love with him and we all freaked out when he somehow fell to 34 and monty traded up to get him so <laughs> like what, what what do you think that says about monty's uh opinions on the guy and the organization's opinions on the guy you know they think that he can be a piece and really him falling to 34 was just an absolute gift and and you see it already just the the iq the just the acumen that he has out there he never does too much. I thought the way Coach Brown described it after uh, that fourth preseason game was perfect. He's he's quick but never rushed. And that's Colby. Just plays at his own pace, never gets sped up, always has his head up, knows how to play out of pick and roll, knows how to play off of DHOs. And when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he knows where to space to. He knows you know how to fill his lanes in order to keep spacing available for for the offense. And then defensively, for a guy who's – really not that athletic as far as like explosive athletic ability. His lateral movement is really, really impressive. So at 6'5", 6'6", 
know, having a guy out there who can swing two, three, you can plug him into almost any lineup. It's 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 just another luxury yeah. that this coaching staff has. And and I, I think those people who are excited about Colby Jones should be very, very excited about him because that guy is just a basketball player. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, yeah, I mean, you, you talk about that luxury, yeah. but it's also making things kind of challenging for this coaching staff to decide the rotation. You know, Brown's mentioned, hey, I want to play nine, ten guys a night. And you're looking at this roster going, uh, who are the ten? You know, because as much as we all think Colby could help this team, he may not be in the rotation to start the year. And then, you know, Skyler, you mentioned the, the Herter dynamic here where Herter was such an important part to what the Kings did offensively last year. But Mike obviously sees Keegan taking a step, sees some of the offensive pieces they have here, and he's going, this could be an opportunity maybe to start someone that's better defensively, put Herter coming off the bench. My whole point is, what do you do with this rotation to start the year? I have no idea. Yeah. I do think think Colby Jones has earned a spot. But who see I, and that's I I don't know how I don't know how but how I, you... I think you got to figure out in yeah. in Skyler yes because that's something that I mean we haven't gone there yet because I think because of NBA culture and like trying to make sure you're not stepping on any toes or you know you got to make sure guys are still happy too so like when we do think about they had the number one bet uh, best offense historic offense last year and that was with Kevin Herter. In that lineup, they did what they did with Kevin Herter in that starting unit, in that lineup with Harrison Barnes in that starting lineup. And to just like stop that right in the beginning of the year would seem pretty drastic. But at the same time, what we're seeing that some of these other players can do defensively, it, I mean, 
it could happen though, right? Like this could be a possibility that we see this happen early on in the season. I think you're going to be a top five offense regardless of what decision you make. Okay. So knowing that, I think you sacrifice some of the offense to improve defensively. Mm. And so maybe that means starting Duarte. Maybe that means Colby Jones in the rotation. Because all these guys, if you're playing Duarte and Jones in the rotation and you add JaVale McGee on the bench, all these, if you add that's, I would say three plus defenders, Colby hasn't played yet, but I still think he'll end up being a plus. That's three plus defenders. So that significantly raises your defensive ceiling, which like, Drew said, even with the personnel, I'm not sure what that is. Maybe league average if everything goes great. But uh, I think that means a lot more than repeating as the league's number one offense. Yeah. Yeah. Drew, what do you think about this rotation and how he's going to handle things? Of course, I think we went into the camp going, oh, it's going to be the same starting lineup. But that is clearly up in the air. And now there's obviously some pieces that probably deserve minutes. Yeah, last year on the same preview pod, we were talking about, oh, hey, you know, some nights, Trey Lyles, right? Hey, depends on the matchup. Uh, some nights, Terrence Davis, you know, and and we saw that at some points where, yeah, depending on the matchup, depending on who had the hot hand, Coach Brown would play those guys and they would be effective. Down the stretch in, during the regular season, Alex Len, right? Yeah. And then he made a huge impact in the playoff series because his size was, uh, was a riddle that the Warriors had a little bit of difficulty solving. I... I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm with, I'm, I'm with all you guys. I don't know who loses out with minutes. I don't know who takes those minutes, and then I don't know if I'm sure there will definitely be nights where yes, it's going to be matchup dependent. We're playing this guy, you know. We're we're gonna have to try to take him away. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is like a, a Joel Embiid, right? I mean, Namias Cato was called up just for the game in Philly last year, and I'm pretty sure the message was. You've got six of them. Use them. Use every single one if you need to, right? Like, yes, there will be nights like that where some guys will play based on the matchup, based on, you know, a certain player that they're playing against. But on a night-to-night basis, I don't don't know. I don't know. I I do doubt the statement that Coach Brown put out where he was saying – yeah, the only people who have locked down starting spots are Fox and Domus. I yeah, think. stop it. Keegan yep. started. Put, put Keegan in there. You know, I think we can safely assume HB yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And then it's really just that fifth spot, that shooting guard spot that that's gonna be the thing that he's gonna have to try to figure out um on opening night. But other than that, I, I, I other than those four guys, I don't I don't I don't know who else gets like in what minutes and where. Let's factor in too that I mean, all these guys are human and I think sometimes too you when you think about someone like Kevin Herter and when we saw all those post game comments of him in the locker room after Chris Duarte started that game and I love how he handled it like I mean he should be upset he should be pissed off and hopefully that lights a fire under his ass to do more or you know you would have hoped that maybe even in the off season that's what he was working on with his um with his body and defensively but then I also think about Sasha Vazenkov you guys and just how all the shit that they did to get that man here. And it's like, wow, his, his game on the defensive end isn't translating. It's preseason. I know. Let's just wait. Let the guy get the pace going on for him and everything. But at the same time, and, and he seems like such a good person. So he seems like he's going to be down for whatever his role is going to be. But I think that's the interesting thing to factor in here too, is just making sure that 
you are keeping everyone happy because that was one of the best things about last year, the vibe. Yeah, but to add to that, can we just acknowledge that before camp, I don't think we would have predicted that we'd be like, hey, Sasha, not going to be in the rotation. And, you know, Colby Jones has a legit case and Duarte could be starting. Like, that, we would not have said any of that shit. Except Skyler. He, that, he's well, on Colby Jones. No, it's just crazy. But, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about keeping guys engaged. Keeping the culture and, happy. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean... What are you guys thinking about Sasha at this point? I know it's early, but um, obviously I think offensively you see, oh man, the off-ball movement, the shooting. You, it's all the stuff that we kind of saw with the EuroLeague, but defensively there's obviously been some challenges. We knew that going in, but I think even just his, you know, from a team defensive standpoint, he's he's had some mistakes too. Yeah, it's going to be rough, and he's still translating. The NBA game is just so much different with the spacing and that just amount of athletes, literally everybody is way going to, I don't want to disrespect Sasha, but everybody's going to be more athletic than yeah. him for the most part. But, and uh, so I don't know what the rotation looks like for him uh, right away. I'm not sure if he's going to get minutes, but as time goes on, I think there's a chance we'll see Sasha and Lyles at the five. Please give me nice. some Lyles at the five, please. I thought it looked great all last season. Yes. Whenever we'd go to it. Whenever the Kings resorted to, resorted to that to an option, they got good minutes. And I I still think Brown should have gone to it a bit more. Hopefully, we see some this season. And and I know there's going to be a lot of Lyles and JaVale. So it's one of those matchup-dependent things. Uh, you know, who, I don't know what's going to happen. Right away, I don't think they play Sasha. But as he gets adjusted to the NBA game, I think you'll see more Sasha-Lyles lineups. And the flexibility that gives you an offense is insane. We saw it at times in that Warriors game. The spacing is ridiculous. And all those dudes move off the ball. And I thought if the Kings are going to run their main offense, Lyles and Sasha are going to have to be you know, decision makers out of the DHO game like Sabonis was. And I thought they looked well in that. I, I thought Lyles did good. They're, they're both pick and pop threats, so they're not going to roll. But again, the spacing is insane. And if they can just survive defensively, yeah. Like not literally just don't allow a layup every possession. I think you're going to survive. I, I think you're good enough because that offense is with that bench unit and the amount of shooting they have is going to be insane. Yeah. I think I know which play you're talking. I, there was a play that you posted this guy where it was like, you know, they ran, um, I think one of those, it was three, it was three guys involved in the action and it was Lyles, Sasha and Kevin Herter. So just think about the shooting between those three guys, just alone. Insane. And one of them ran off of an off of an exit screen, um, and then pitched the ball back up to the wing, and then Lyles just popped off of that exit screen and was just wide open because the defense was just so strained. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. And then yeah, the dude, the Lyles small ball five lineup. I mean, that saved the King season. Game six they, was he, they they went to that in game yes. six, and the Warriors had no answer for it. And and I. Th- from what I remember, Coach Brown might have met, he might have went to it a little bit too late in Game Seven. But also, I mean, you know, it's Steph Curry was doing Steph Curry things. Like I don't really think there was an answer for that that game, regardless. Um, but I would I think I would have liked to have seen it a little bit sooner in Game Seven, and I'm a little bit bummed about that. But that's that's there. That's there if Coach Brown wants it and needs it, and he has even better personnel to do that with this season. So I'm I'm excited to 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 see Lyles or Sasha playing small ball five. I I think that'd be a very very effective 
um, offensive lineup. I mean, probably 150 offensive rating, 160 defensive rating, but you know, as long as it's fun, right? <laughs> exactly. So uh, I, we've covered a lot of ground on this. Obviously, we know Fox and Sabonis are studs. Keegan's taking a step. We're excited about some of the new additions. We know how crowded the West is. Like, I don't know who the shit team in is, is in the West. Like, I was kind of like, oh, the Spurs aren't going to be very good. I don't think the Spurs are going to be great. But then you like watch Victor against the Warriors, and I'm like, I, I'm sorry. Like, this guy is unbelievable, and he's going to disrupt. Yeah, and they'll win some games. There's some talent there. Portland, I don't think is going to be very good, but there's and the, even with Portland, like, there's there, still. There's still some individuals on that squad where I'm like, well, don't don't look at it as just like another game on yes. a Tuesday night. But the point is, there's just a lot of talent in this in this league. So, do you guys have kind of a win projection at this point, like a range for the Kings? I'll say I kind of held back last year. So this year I'm gonna go with fifty. Oh, I held back last year. What, wait, what were you at last year? Uh, I don't know. I think I said cap out like 45 to 47. Yeah, that's what you said. I said yeah, 40. Yeah. Said I think I capped out at 46. I said, I could see 46. Why? Like everything went right. Yeah. You guys are all so... Okay, Drew, what do you have? Wait, hold on one second. Yeah. Are you all... Morgan, are you saying Are you saying that we're all negative Nancys? Or no, being, I'm saying you guys to... are like very optimistic. Like oh, you okay. are... Yeah. No, no, no. So, so no, you and I, you and I are kind of on the same wavelength with this. I remember. Okay. okay. Like, yes, I, yes. I gave it a ballpark. I said roughly 39 wins last year. Obviously. <laughs> way, way low. Right. That's okay. Yeah. But this year, I, I, I think 44. 546 wins is yep. probably where I'm settling and and that's again that's not a knock on the Kings no. that doesn't mean that doesn't mean they got worse they could realistically be better than last season and have a worse record and a lower seed because the west is absolutely insane there's no Thank off you. nights none the, like you said Portland's got pieces they've got guys that are going to be a nuisance I would I I don't want to play against Scoot Henderson and and Ant Simons and Shaden Sharp right um the Kings got to play them tw- four four times this year yeah. right um the Rockets, yeah. you know, they they gave, be the King, they gave the Kings trouble in two games last season. They're going to be significantly better because Ime Udoka is going to come in and he's going to actually, you know, build something there with with the young guys there. I mean, those guys were, you know, they were all over the place last year with the locker room and everything like that. With you know, with, with especially with Jalen Green and Jabari Smith, it's like you can't have your two franchise cornerstones acting out in games and and and, and that type of thing. So I think he's going to nip that in the bud. They're going to be better. Um, OKC. Okay. I mean, oh, OKC is gonna. Yeah, they're gonna be crazy. Off the strength of just Victor, you know, last year on the same pod, I, I, I was throwing out the idea that the Kings should elegantly tank for Victor Wembanyama. Um, obviously, it didn't happen. Obviously. I'm okay. I'm okay with the alternate timeline yeah. that ended up happening. But I mean, there's a reason why everybody wanted the guy. Like, have you seen what he's been doing in preseason? So, I mean, off the strength of just him, they'll win more games or at least just be more of a nuisance. And then there are some. There are some weird teams. New Orleans, yes. Dallas. Those teams are kind of odd kind of weird it could be really good it could be really bad um but regardless they've got talent on those teams they've got guys that you have to account for so it's going to be a grind in the west and so it's not it's not it's not a knock on the on the kings i'm not saying they're going to be a worse team again they could be better it's just the record might not look as good because the west is crazy. true i'm w- i'm with yeah. you yeah i think um the, the vegas over under is 44 and a half okay which i think is a really fair over under yeah because last year they really screwed up. Yeah, there's like they? 32 or something. It was like 32 and a half. Yeah, it was so bad. It was so easy, bad. Easy, easy money. For yeah. those who put money uh, on that. 
Yeah, I predict. Yeah, I th- I I think they're going over that mark. I'm the gonna 44 say and a half. yeah. I'll say 45 to 50. I'm so, cool with that. Oh, That's my I range. I love that he like just builds. I a- I do a range. I'm sorry, I don't go exact number. I go last a range. year. You did a, an exact. No, number? I said 40 to 46. I think actually. That's such a... Oh, you know what's funny? I think I said, from 30 to 50, I think that's how many no, wins okay, the Kings Here's why it's horseshit. Because, again, see, we actually remember the conversation. All of us have referenced things from the conversation last year. You did not. It's fair. Uh, oh I said a range. I said, God. I think if everything goes right, 46. That's kind of how it looks. I'm not being, I think they could win between 30 and 50. Look... If everything goes right this year, they stay relatively healthy. Defense is a little better. The offense is going to be dynamic. I could see them winning 50 games. Hell, they should have won 50 games last year. Sure. They threw a couple of games at the end. You're like, why'd you lose at home to the Spurs? Like yeah. champagne yeah. dominate? And then, and, then it, and then it led to me <laughs> tweeting out that, you know, I broke my TV in front of my son. And then oh. and then, and then Monty McNair saw the tweets and, and then had to apologize to me a few days later when they actually clinched the division. I was like, oh, okay. Monty McNair, known, known Deuce and Mo listener, Monty McNair. Oh. Uh, I don't know. You know, Monty, he may listen. And if he's hearing this now, come on the podcast, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Like, I've what? told him. I've told him so, so many times. I'm like, I, I, you know, honestly, no, actually, I take it back. I don't even want him on the podcast oh, anymore. Oh, I like this. I like oh, this. We don't no, need him. You know what? Ew. Neither do I. Like, would have been great. You just won Executive <laughs> of the Year. It may not go any higher for you like, here. This would have been the time. This would have been the time to walk out of the Do Some Mo Podcast Studio and be like, yeah. "Wow, everyone loves me." Yeah. Yeah. But no, you don't get that moment. Um. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a fun year. I don't. Why am I bleeding? What the? Sorry, I just noticed. Like, I have what like a, a legit cut. Like, this is what things have escalated quickly. Oh my god, it's yeah. on your shirt, you sicko! I don't okay. know. Okay, <laughs> just stop. Now I'm worried. I talk about Monty and I start bleeding. Is he like a <laughs> superhuman? What is happening? What, uh, what the hell? He's got uh, a voodoo. It, he's got a voodoo doll in his office. Yes, dude. Okay. Um, I think it's gonna be a fun year, and I, I think the other exciting part is like. I think we all acknowledge some of the same limitations still exist, right? Defensively, at the wing spot. Um, but I think the Kings are in a position that they could potentially take a swing at something. And I start th- I, I was looking at the contracts the other day. I'm like, they just picked up Duarte's option for next year. That's $5.8 million. And then if Colby hits, dude, Colby's making like $2 million a year the next four years. So that, that could have... A major major ramifications on kind of what the Kings do going forward. You're, yeah. yeah. Now that now that we've got the uh, negative uh, aspects of money out of the way, yeah. <laughs> he's left the Kings with some insane options and flexibility. Yeah. They can really go any direction they want uh, between now and next summer. They have they have so many options. They could make a swing, or if everything goes well, maybe you don't have to. But then you 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 definitely have the ability to go and get uh maybe not a huge fish but you can get somebody that can really help you yeah he always says that i don't think it's an actual word optionality yeah, yeah. um he all he always uses that word or not word um and he's he's like stay true to it he and west wilcox and the rest of that front office they they really really have held themselves to to that standard is we want flexibility short term and long term mm. we're not going to do anything that's going to that's going to give away a whole bunch of assets in the future we're not going to mortgage our future for something that's a short-term fix 
And then we're not just going to go out and, you know, sign some guy to some, you know, max two year deal or something like that, just just to, you know, kind of put a bandaid on a problem that that we know will just be ripped off in a couple of years, right? Yes. So I love that about Monty. I, I love that about uh, him, Wes, the rest of the front office. Um, and, and yeah, they've allowed themselves so much flexibility and so many options um, can come from this because they have been patient and, and that, and that they have been pretty, there, there have been very few missteps since, since yeah. the, the Sabonis Halliburton trade, which everybody thought was the, everybody thought the franchise was dead after that trade. Right. So since then he has not made, basically he has not made like a single misstep in my opinion. And, and, and you know, maybe, maybe some moves on the margins, but it, it nothing that really impacts the team. And then based on what he was doing this past summer, I, I think, the philosophy just remains the same. It's, yes. It's, I'm going to trust what I have. I'm not going to do anything that's going to tie up any more draft assets. You know, they have one first round pick tied up, tied up right now. That's, you know, that might go to the Hawks next summer. You know, if the Kings continue on this trajectory, you know, that'll be gone. Then they have their, then they have their draft uh, capital flexibility back to trade picks in the future. Um, other than that, nothing other, other than salary committed to Fox and Domos for the long term. not much else. So, yeah, I, I think I think it's I think it's pretty exciting the prospect of maybe bringing in somebody else at the trade deadline or maybe even next summer. But regardless, you know, Monty has done a really really good job of just of of just leaving this team in a good position for you know if the moment is there and if it's something that he should strike with, he will. And if not, then cool. He's done enough, you know, to leave enough in the in, in the cupboard for this team to work with as far as you know assets and, and what have you over the next few years, even if even if nothing does happen. Yeah, I love I just love that he has a plan. He has an identity. He has a philosophy like and it's just it's always on brand. He sticks to it. And I, I think that consistency alone has given me a lot of um, optimistic feels. Did you give I, a range? By the way, I guess I, I am still bleeding. It's like, it's like um, making me queasy a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> the um, range is I'm sitting here doing a podcast and I just start bleeding. That's weird. But yeah. do you have a, 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 a win range? Because everyone else kind of threw one out there. Do you? Mine is Drew's. Drew and I are one. Okay. Okay. Do you like and that? you know what? We did We did the same thing last year. And Team it's 148 not, games. And won, a, won a Pacific Division title. Drew, and I'm not just saying, like, it's not a cop-out. Like, I, I truly, it's funny that we do definitely have the same feel of like how we feel about the Western Conference, how we feel about like um, what the Kings are capable of doing, but yeah, just trying to be realistic. Okay, before we go, what are you guys working on this year? Like, do you have stuff to promote? I mean, you guys are always doing stuff. Just your feeds alone, you put out a lot of content. Um, but Drew laughs because he gets a lot of shit for his content sometimes. <laughs> but Drew actually has a lot of great stuff out there. Yeah, too. just filter out the weird <laughs> shit. <laughs> I like the weird. Weird. Shit. I love it. Wait, um, I don't think it's weird. And, no, I don't think it's weird. I just think it's it's, um, it's, it's you. Yeah, it's yeah. you. And like, I think it's yeah. It's not going to be everyone's taste, but I mean, I follow you because I like it all. That local guy <laughs> on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, and then Sack Film Room. What 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 are you guys working on? Do you have stuff to promote? Uh, yeah. So uh, he he's a good friend of mine. He just did Media Day. They've been putting out a lot of cool content with with this guy, Drew Absher. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, sta local stand up comedian. Guys, guys, just been killing it. And uh, he and I decided to start a podcast. I I was just, yeah. I was I was sick and tired of doing a podcast with KFR. Yeah, I could tell. Fish. Yeah. Shout so out to Fish. Shout out to Fish, but he lives in like Ohio. Apparently, I don't know if it's a real <laughs> state. 
<laughs> and we just it was kind of hard to coordinate so i was like i'm done with you guys i'm doing i'm doing this podcast with drew um so yeah we just started we just started a podcast called royally stupid um uh new ep- our first episode just dropped last week second one's coming this week at some point Sweet. um yeah just just gonna be doing that with him this season um the actors are on strike i don't know if you guys i don't know if you guys have heard I did not hear about that, that so about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah so so it's 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 slow right now on that end so i got a lot more i've been working a lot more overtime at arby's um, making, of making more money to afford tickets for this season because yeah. it's not cheap to get in the building this year, guys. <laughs> but we're there. We're there no matter what, and we will be there opening night. Um, I believe I believe Skyler's even making the trip Sweet. from Fresno, so we'll, we're in the building, baby. Like we're 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 gonna be at a lot of games this year, and and yeah, I'll be doing that podcast with Drew. So you know, check it out. Awesome. Uh, what about you, Kings Film Room? What do you got? Yeah, King Storm Room on YouTube. Yeah. I haven't posted in a while. It's been tough. You know, I've been on that Arby's grind like Drew. Mm. But uh, I'll be posting throughout the season. I don't know how often, but there will be videos. And then obviously at Sack Film Room on Twitter, I'll yeah. always be posting during and after games. Besides that, I don't know. We'll just see. I, yeah. ju- I just go with whatever I feel like that. I day. love it. That's what you, I mean. <laughs> that's it, good. Always make it fun. Do never, never make it work. Just always make it fun. And that's how you know, some of the best content comes out. So no, we appreciate the hell out of both of you. Yeah. We appreciate all of your guys's content, everything that you've done in the city. So, um, thank you also for joining us. You guys are the absolute best. It's always a pleasure being on with Deuce and Mo in any format, radio, oh. podcast, all that stuff. You guys are the best. Appreciate you guys. Of course. Thank you guys. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.